Quiet on the set. Action. everyone and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media where we make up a movie very fast for you based on a random suggestion from the internet. I am joined by three of the Hollywood elite. We have our writer Ben Lifson, who is Supreme Leader Snoke's plastic surgeon. We have our director Kyle Decker, who is Hugh Jackman's accent coach. And we have our producer Bryn Berryhill, who was Ezra Miller's lightning animator on Justice League. Welcome. And as always, we have a prompt for you here. The theme of this story is a romantic conflict. The main characters are an unambitious boatman and a corrupt hunter. The start of the story is birth. The end of the story is destruction. John Wilkins was just a regular old boatman with everything going for him, fishing all day and night until one day when his whole world turned upside down when he met Sarah Johnson. Sarah Johnson was a by-the-book hunter, and she didn't like playing by the rules. When John Wilkins finds that all his prey is being taken by the corrupt hunter executives, Samson Sardon, he needs to join with Sarah in a brand new family film for the whole family. But there's more than just being a hunter and a boatman they have to deal with. There's also him becoming a father. Oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm going to have, have a kid. You're going to miss your own son's birth when you're so busy fighting against the voting industry. I, I have to do this. They're going to take all the, the stuff. They're going to take all the fish. This summer, sometimes what you need most of all can be found right around the corner in Hook, Line, and Sinker, rated PG-13. Was that rated or baited? <laughs> Both. That's the tagline. Okay. Baited PG-13. <laughs> All right. So, Kyle, you have essentially like an audio trailer that's sent to you on one of those tape recorders in the mail. And you play it back and there's like keyboard music behind it that like has the big swell, you know, to like signify the, the elements of this romantic fishing story, Hook, Line, and Sinker. What do you think? Is this something that we can do, and how are you going to put your spin on it? Well, yeah, I think this is a bit of a tricky situation we got on our hands here. I thought it was weird that Rob Schneider himself was the courier. I see he's fell on hard times. No matter how much he sucks at the teat of Adam Sandler, he still, you know, snorts most of it up his nose. See? But I got notes from the studio here that they just, uh, because of the whole Disney, Marvel... Fox merger, they want to do a Craven the Hunter movie, and they decided to take this script and adapt it. They are, it's already got Hunter about it in a boat. We can put boats with Craven. He's traditionally a Spider Man villain, right? But we're gonna, he, he's sympathetic because he likes nature, right? And uh, we're gonna have him be a warrior for nature because, you know, being a conservatory and taking care. You see that terrible, sad polar bear video on the internet yesterday? You know, breaks your heart. He, Craven's gonna save the polar bears, right? And uh, we're gonna cast The Rock as Craven the Hunter here because he's already got their build and he can wear those uh, leopard print pants with the best of them, right? 
we're going to embrace it. You know what's hot right now? Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. So we're going to go embrace that pure comedy. So he's going to have the skin-tight pants and the, the feathery lion vest with the open chest. Because who doesn't want to look at the Rock's chest, right? I mean, I like looking at the Rock's chest, don't you? Anyway... I was sorry. I was thinking about the rock's chest there. My got off my train of thought. Anyway, so yeah, Craven's gonna fight a big multinational boat shipping industry who's destroying the environment, and it's gonna be a bit like a revenge film. But he's gonna be revenging the polar bears and other arctic creatures and whatnot. You know, he's a hunter, but he also knows that if all the animals die, he has nothing to hunt. And that's a realization he has. As far as the villain, the main lead of the corporation that he is fighting, we're going to have that played by uh, Max von Sydow. He's going to play the evil head of the corporation. He's going to have his own team of elite kind of ninja hitmen. Just we're going to get the best uh, action martial arts folks. They'll wear masks all the time, so they don't need to act. We won't give them lines. If one of them needs to get lines, we'll have Ray Park do it and do a, like a few lines for the people. And we'll have him do some stunt choreography as well. Uh, but it'll be lots of action pieces with animals mauling people. Because uh, Craven's going to have the big climactic scene. He's, he's going to bust into the uh, executive boardroom of this boat shipping company riding a polar bear with a bow and arrow. He's going to shoot Max von Sato right in the chest. All right. So, Bryn, you have a draft for the Craven the Hunter movie, currently entitled Hook, Line, and Sinker. That could be like colon Craven the Hunter, Hook, Line, and Sinker. I won't take that away from the writer. I want him to get full credit from the WGA, right? There's a a lot of there's a lot of notes about the Rock in this this description and how great he is. Uh, It sounds. Oh, I did not mean to put my boudoir sketches of the Rock in there. I'm sorry. Yeah, it seems like thinking hard about The Rock made Kyle a little bit rock hard, so there's a little bit of subtext in these notes. Yes, well, that's nothing new, now is it? Do you know how many times I've worked with this man? Do you know how many times I've had to see all of his notes? This isn't the first time that he's been rock hard. He, he, when we were going to do the Avatar, he went on about the boulder. The boulder this and the boulder that. We all know how that ended now, didn't we? It was a thing, right? So how are you going to take this film and and make some money? What do you think? Yes. Well, the reason I actually came on to this is because uh, it was the romantic conflict uh, that I saw. And I also saw a lot of dark notes um, about the romantic conflict between the hunter and the boat's company. Now, the hunter, it sounds like, is um, more of an environmental fighter. He's got a strong connection with the polar bears. But what uh, I'm afraid my colleague has forgotten is the, the romantic uh, a tie that really comes to life in this, in this movie. I want to make sure that the Craven and Max have a lot of these scenes where they are fighting against each other. I, I, I really appreciated the... I mean, Max on one side as an 88-year-old man, I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson might actually break him, so we should be careful. No, 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 no. See, that's even more romantic because that's between uh, the different generations as well because we have the older, the elder Max 
who's a little I mean, that's just the actor's name. His... We'll give him well whatever name that the writer had in the original script for one of the other characters. But the point use. the point is that he's elder. He's from the generation that is kind of stuck in their ways. Um, but he and the Rock see each other, and I saw the the polar bears. He's right. The the Rock is riding in on a polar bear with the with the spear and everything, and he's riding right up into the boat. And uh, Max is right on the edge of the boat, looking down on him, and their eyes meet. That is really what I want to make sure that we get here. Otherwise, I'm willing to um, give you 150 million, especially if we're going to be doing all of the the special effects and everything. But the the romance must 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 be a big part of it. I think that that would be a big part of our marketing too. So you're seeing a lot of like you know love love hate tension between the Rock and dark, Max. Dark romance okay, and okay. yes, absolutely. And do you have a budget for this film? You said oh not yet, 150 no. million, right? Well, especially if we're going to be going off of um, ideas for Marvel and such. Did you, did you talk to them about? Making sure that it's okay that we take yeah, the concepts. They're the ones that said they wanted us to make this film. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So that they that just saw be- his, they saw Ben's script, and they thought, you know what, this looks like, this looks like a Craven the Hunter movie. Let's just buy it and turn it. Let's just add some spandex, and that's all it needs. And you know, as soon as we turn it into a ride in Disney World, we would be able to start making all that money back as well. It's it's really it'll be good on return, I think. All right. So, Ben, you've got some notes back from your director. you got some big names attached. you got Marvel money. What do you think? What happens next? So, um, looking at the release date, I realized that this will be between the two Infinity Wars movie, their release. So, um, I'm going to update that accordingly. <clears throat> it's been six months since the invasion. We need. He's, he's already found five of the stones. We need to do it, Tony Stark. The last stone is the polar bears. We need to save the polar bears before Thanos. I am here for the polar bears, and I will smash all the icebergs I need to. You need to find the polar bears. You own, We need a good hunter. We do not need a warrior. We need you, our hunter. Craven, the corporations own these seas. You can't enter it. Well, I just have to. This is a temp actor. I don't know what Craven sounds like. Mr. Stark, is this really what we should be prioritizing when the whole world is on fire? We need to get that last stone, kid. Dun, 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 dun. Craven, I love you. Dun, 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 dun. Craven the hunter. <laughs> Hook, line, and sink her. <laughs> hey, we're going to have a funny moment at the end of the trailer. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? Now, now I just need to wait for the 6 million reaction videos. All right, so Kyle, you get, this time you get a digital recorder. Sounds like he's used some of his Marvel money to upgrade. Uh, I spent like $20 more on like a nice digital recorder that takes MP3s. And it's it's got like stickers all over it with like rock and stuff. And there's like a little Marvel one and like a Deadpool inside of a heart. So you've got kind of an updated plot, and it's like tied into the rest of the Marvel Universe now. Yeah, uh, the polar bears are the last Infinity Stone. Okay, so what do you think? Can you work with this, and what, what are you going to do to put your spin on this? 
Yeah, uh, this is, uh, uh, I'm excited. This has been tied into the Infinity Wars. Uh, I'm just thrilled to be part of this big, greater Marvel Universe along the greats. Like, you know, the fat guy from Chef who directed Iron Man and uh, Taika Waititi and others. So, I really Max von Sydow. He's really old, right? And we want the baby kick. Well, I mean, he's a one-off villain, but... Uh, I realized something stirred in me while watching The Rock in those tight leather pants that we have a real opportunity to make make a, a, a film with maybe the female gaze for the first ever time in Hollywood. So we're just going to make sure it's all very sexy men who we maybe based a little bit with oil between scenes. You know, just have them all the ninjas and everything. So our villain's now going to be played by Tom Hardy, right? He's, he's he's a hunk of a man, right? And then uh, I wanted Idris Elba, but someone informed me he's already in the MCU, so that's unfortunate. And I also wanted Brian Jordan, K. Jordan, he's also in Black Panther, and I don't know if there's any other black actors in Hollywood that we can put in, so uh, that's what the executives tell me. There's only like two of them, right? So instead, I'm gonna get Crispin Glover as well to be the head of the ninjas. Because he's got quite range and he's a bit wait, eclectic. Wait, 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 where did these ninjas come from? <laughs> I said there was ninjas in my original pitch that worked for the Evil Bolt Corporation because Craven needs minions to fight. I said Ray Pox was going to be their leader. He's still, Ray Pox is going to still be in it. Oh, that's right. But he's okay. just going to be like the head ninja that works under Crispin Glover who deploys the ninjas, right? And then, like, these are just going to be all dudes in the film, but they're all going to be mostly naked and the camera's going to, like, linger on the quadriceps and the, the buttocks and, and the other very, that little V they have after they work out a lot right at the crotch, like who doesn't like that? I I, I just want to take a canoe and just like go right down to that, that treasure land where it leads, right? What were we talking about? Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I got lost thinking about, you know, Tom Hardy's abs and everything. But yeah, it, and it'll be The Rock will show off, we'll, we'll make sure he takes off his shirt a lot. Like, just, Gratuitous is the word that I'm gonna throw around on set a lot. Yeah, it's it's gonna be we're gonna have a PA whose sole job is just to like baste the actors essentially. I'm sure we'll have people light on tech. Uh we're we're gonna base the villain though. Uh we need some uh Marvel villains. Uh we're gonna have it be Tom Hardy's actually gonna play a version of Giganto, you know, a little known Marvel villain just to tie it in as a little Easter egg for the though fans which i know is usually a name or a villain but whatever we'll make it work all right so bryn you've got some pretty detailed notes it's kind of interesting the first package of notes that you get from kyle is just a stack of sticky magazines entitled beef <laughs> and then like a day after you get another envelope with like notes and like more stuff about the rock and tom hardy a big note that says sorry 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 a lot so, what, what do you think? Is this something that's going to make money? Do you think the Marvel folks are happy with this? Well, I'm not sure when Marvel has ever catered to uh, women within their industry. So, it will be a new direction for them, and one that I'm most willing to continue on and try to um, make the most of, definitely. I definitely see that Tom Hardy as Max would be a, a very strong choice. I what I'm, I'm struggling with is uh, the the new title of Sink Her because I haven't heard any uh, mention of women within this film. So I think that 
the the name as much as I don't want to um, change it to respect the writer or whatever it would have to be changed to sink him wouldn't it so we're, we're going to change the the pronouns to fit the people who are in the film and then also making sure that within all this gratuity we are really capturing the the range of our actors i think that tom hardy definitely to give him more of a um, not just a villain feel but a villain that's really uh, torn up and everything uh, he he goes back and forth between uh, loving his puppies at home and then trying to destroy the polar bears and going home and um, to his uh, loving husband uh, and then going back to being very torn about his attraction to Craven and everything. And Iron Man and Tony Stark actually become kind of a messenger, a courier between them under their the false names. And it's it's very, it's very um, superfluous. But I think for our audience, that extra level of intrigue will definitely be necessary within all of this simple sort of ab-ab, hot, sexy, greased up intrigue. Ab, ab, hot, sexy, rock, etc. So that's what I want to make sure that we're seeing and we're making sure to put our posters in the right kind of shops for this sort of uh, show, getting a new audience for this show. Maybe people who haven't been going to Marvel shows who would be interested in the gratuity of this show, uh, making sure we're going into uh, toy shops and going into the adult bookstores and adult tape sort of places as well because I think we would definitely be able to get a new audience with these marketing techniques as well. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to take all of your data from this, this film and put it into the movie machine which sounds like lapping waves and gentle male moans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the results come back. This movie does very well. Marvel movies traditionally do well. A lot of people go and see it. It's not liked very well. The big thing that's like a surprise is that Sony actually uh, sues Tom Hardy for breach of contract because he's actually slated to play Venom in their, their Marvel offshoot universe movie. So he has to back out of the movie last minute, and you end up reshooting with the beefiest dude who's available, which is Garrett Hedlund, who is the, the Tron Legacy guy, if anyone doesn't know. So, And he works out okay. He's fine. He's just not Tom Hardy. But the, the movie, you know, it, it goes over well enough. People are a little confused by, like, the tone, but people eat it up because it's Marvel, and they're like, oh, this is goofy and kind of gay. Cool. Sweet. I like it. All right. Whatever. Only kind of. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> It definitely has some kind of strange effects on the future of the Marvel Universe. Kevin Feige comes to Kyle and is like, I don't remember signing off on this. Like, okay, like, there's a lot of things that they have to kind of, like, explain later in other Marvel movies that, like, they wouldn't have had to explain if this movie didn't get made just because of some of the quirks of it. But it still does fine. You guys, you know, get to continue to work after this. So that said... You do have some time to go back and make last-minute changes, or um, you can use your, your movie machine time travel magic to change something before we get our final results here. So, beginning with Ben, you have uh, another couple minutes. 
Craven the Hunter was just a regular hunter with everything going for him until one day when he met someone to turn his life upside down. A big purple guy named Thanos who had a desire for jewelry and he needed a full set. Uh, excuse me, Craven. Uh, we need you to go hunting for us. Uh, I, I don't know what this guy sounds like. Yeah, okay, I'll go hunting. I'll go hunting for you. Join for a brand new family film for the whole family, Craven the Hunter. It ties into the MCU, so you have to watch it even if you don't want to. You have no choice. We own you right now. You know, we could make a movie that's literally just Groot staring at a wall, and we would make all our money back. You have to see it because we would put in some reference into a later movie that you're going to see, and if you don't watch this movie, you won't get that reference. So, you know what? It doesn't matter. So join with your old friends again for Craven the Hunter, Hook, Line, and Sink him, Infinity Wars Part 1.5. Is there anything else you want to add? There's a funny part at the end of the credits. I mean trailer. I mean, it can be both. All right, so Kyle, you've got... You actually have, like, a video sent to you this time, and it's like a green screen video that's a mock-up of the trailer. I got a bit worried when he brought in all the action figures, right? Yeah. It was a bit disturbing, but it kind of worked, too. I hope they use it on viral marketing, right? Right. So I got some solutions, right? I had totally spaced that Tom Hardy was going to play Venom. So instead, we're going to get Terry Crews to play the Venom because he is a beefcake of a man. Right, and I realized I, I was I was just hurting to think of black actors as well, just because Hollywood's conditioned my brain as a white male director to forget people of color and women. Right, it just it's a condition. But I realized there's at least one more black actor, and he has done Marvel work in the past. In fact, you could probably thank him for the fact that any superhero comic book films exist, and we're gonna bring Blade back into the MCU and Wesley Snipes himself. He's still good. He can still swing a sword around and deliver. Great Great lines about us skating uphill, right? We're gonna have Craven and Blade team up together to take out Terry Crews and his conglomerate of ninjas that have been supported by Thanos and some magic Thanos Are the ninjas alien vampires. So that makes sense. Let's say that, yeah, the vampire ninjas that are working with Terry Crews, who is who is working for Thanos, and Terry Crews has uh, recruited like the Vampire Nation. To work with him, and we'll still call him Max as like a. We'll call that villain Max, but he'll definitely just be. Heck, he can be Mysterio. That's right. Terry Crews is Mysterio. That's what we're gonna do, right? And is, the vampire ninjas could be the Reapers. Those are ninja vampires in the in Marvel. There we go. That's why this man's paid to write the script. He puts his nose in comic books and action figures, right? Can you explain that in in trailer form? The Reapers were just a bunch of vampires with nothing going for them. Until one day, I'm Thanos, and I want you to work for me. But you must first learn ninjutsu. <laughs> this summer, the Reapers versus Craven the Hunter. Who's gonna win? Probably Craven. Don't forget Blade too, right? And Blade. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Kyle? And there's a funny oh, part at the oh, end of the credits, also, I mean trailer. Uh, we're going to bring back uh, uh, Blade's like, old man sidekick. What's his name? Like Moneymaker or whatever. I forget. He was played by Chris Christopherson. Yeah, but yeah. he died in like Blade 3. But we're going to forget that happened. We're going to bring him back, played by uh, 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 Sam Neill. He's going to play him in this one as well. People love Sam Neill. Even though people will forget he played Odin in Loki's play. 
and Thor Ragnarok, but hopefully people will forget that. All right, that's all I got. All right, so, Bran, you've got a lot of new notes. You've got some sudden recastings going on, the addition of Blade. What do you think? Is this still marketable? Well, I really like the ninjas. I think that they'll add to our whole gratuity thing, as long as they're actually just wearing bikinis. Uh, mankinis, if you will. Uh, because, I mean, what is hotter than somebody doing ninjutsu or parkour with a bikini, I don't know, a mankini, yeah. lots of... The suspense uh, created is, is if you're ever wondering as soon as they do the splits, if just like the fabric's going to give in to physics and, itself. And you know yeah. that is going to be uh, something that we find out in our movie, Literally people right? wonder if things are going to get nuts. So, I, I'm really excited for this uh, turn. <laughs> However, I'm really, really struggling to make the point that this is supposed to be a romantic sort of overtone to my uh, writer and director. Um, and so I've, I've had to really press them to, and I'm going to press them to make sure that that gets in the movie that I am producing. Because they, they've uh, ignored it for so long, I'm going to make sure that not only uh, Max and Craven are, are making eyes at each other, but all of the uh, ninjas are within a polyamorous relationship. So you have a lot of dynamics going on between all of the ninjas. And, it, it, and also, that can actually get into exploring what it looks like in a polyamorous relationship, especially with so many people and what that open communication looks like. I can see one of the, the ninjas um, really not feeling like they are a part or like they want to be a part anymore and, and, and doing a little bit of exploring of what that looks like when somebody doesn't want to be a part of that or feels left out in that kind of relationship. But the, the whole the whole movie, I think, uh, should be about ten shades darker, just it, so that people can really have to concentrate their eyes on what's going on and really catch the gleam of the bodies and um, the voices and different things like that. So you're, really, you're talking about like edge lighting and like mm -hmm, kind no. of like let the mind fill in the blanks sort of type cinematography. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Just a little bit. Just, okay. just, just enough so that they really have to concentrate uh, in order to, to get all of it. Um, okay. Edge of their seats, if you will. Sure. All right. Well, I'm gonna plug all this info back into the movie machine, and it's pretty much the same. You get like a handful of Blade fanboys who come out of the wood woodwork and are like, "Yeah, Blade's back!" And oh, this is weird. Okay. Well, I guess it's more Blades. We we do like our Wesley Snipes. Okay. So. Nothing really changes. You guys make about the same amount of money. It's it's a Marvel movie. Marvel movies make money. That's what it is. It, it does frequently get remembered as Craven the Ass Hunter, which is something that Jimmy Kimmel says when he sees the first trailer and just like everybody just says that forever instead of the real title of the movie because it's, it's that much of like a dumb, simple cultural joke. It definitely goes down as the quote-unquote horniest Marvel movie. So there you have it, folks. Craven the Hunter, hook, line, and sink him. And as always, we will end our show with a quote of wisdom from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. If it tastes really good and it's funky, it's funkalicious. Guy Fieri was just a regular chef until one day. <laughs>